Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm Scott Wingeter. Welcome to a special episode of Impolite Company. I wanted to talk to you today about Thanksgiving as a holiday. Uh, you know, we here um, on Impolite Company, we obviously have a traditional bent, a conservative bent, if you will. And, you know, our traditions are important to us here. Uh, our traditions, our values, our virtues, um, you know, and all of those things that, you know, generally fall under the umbrella of conservatism. Uh, but I'm probably going to shock you today um, in my explanation of Thanksgiving. If you're like me, you probably grew up, uh, you know, going to school, public school. You sit down, you're in kindergarten, you put your hand on the construction paper and you make a turkey. You know, you we all put on headbands and feathers or make pilgrim hats and you know you have the thanksgiving pageants uh the charlie brown thanksgiving episode all of that stuff right um here's the thing about what we learned all right so what did you learn in kindergarten about thanksgiving well you know you had the pilgrims that came from england they land in massachusetts and nobody's there and then some helpful indians show up and they start talking to each other and the indians help them to plant corn on the beach and then uh using fish uh to you know fertilize the soil everybody's happy and the uh the englishmen they don't starve to death and so they're obviously happy and so they want to offer up thanks to god for the fact that they didn't die and that they were able to survive the year in in the new colony and so then they invite their indian friends over for thanksgiving and it's a way for us all to get together and be thankful for what we have and to you know extend friendship and put differences aside and we celebrate diversity and, and all of that great stuff. That's all a lie. That is not how it happened at all. All right. And so today on the program, we're going to talk about the real story of the first Thanksgiving. Hold on, because it's an excellent story. But before we get there, I'd like to thank today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Paideia Classical School. That's right. Are you sick and tired of the lies that you're learning, uh, for example, about the first Thanksgiving, perhaps, uh, at uh, when you send your kids to government school? Well, there's another option out there. There's many options, and one of them is Paideia Classical School. That's right. Classical education is unquestionably the best kind of education you can offer a child. It teaches them how to think instead of what to think. Paideia Classical School offers the opportunity to send your kid in right now, year-round. They are all constantly enrolling kids. And then we have three locations here in the Houston area, one in Spring, one in Conroe, and one in Willis. Look them up today at pcsedu.co. All right, so let's get right back into the first Thanksgiving, right? So we, we understand the lie that we teach kindergartners about how the thanks, first Thanksgiving went down. But today we're gonna to jump into the real story. So let's start with, instead of where the story normally starts, which is the pilgrims, which I hate that term, let's call them really what truly they were. They were Puritans, they were dissidents, all right? They didn't like the King of England. They thought that, you know, especially at the time it was, um, 
they had a Catholic on the throne, who uh, an English king who was Catholic. They were Protestants. They did not like the Catholic Church. They hated the papacy, and they thought that the Church of England, which was technically Protestant, just wasn't Protestant enough. And so they were going to leave, and uh, we'll get into that story here in a second. But this story actually starts back in 1614, and we're going to introduce some characters that aren't traditionally in the um, Thanksgiving story, but are very much still a part of that early American colonial story. Characters like Captain John Smith uh, from, you know, the Jamestown uh, fame, uh, Pocahontas, who's also, again, from Jamestown fame. All right, so this story starts back in 1614. Um, John Smith was on an expedition exploring this region of uh, what would one day become Massachusetts, right? And he's with a uh, another captain named Thomas Hunt, and they were patrolling up there. They were uh, doing some fishing. They were doing some fur trading, and they ended up kidnapping um a young lad. And this is one of the problems that we immediately encounter when we're critical thinkers about the uh, Thanksgiving story as told to kindergartners, if you will. Has anybody ever asked the question, all right, so the Puritans land, right? And then all of a sudden this Indian shows up and they start talking, who taught this guy how to speak English? I mean, all of the entire East Coast of, of Indian tribes uh, during this time period speak some form of dialect of um, Algonquin, okay? Where does this guy know how to speak English? This is where he learns. So this, uh, what he, he's the main character in the story uh, to school Tisquantum is his formal name. Everybody in history calls him Squanto. All right. Squanto shows up. He's the guy who lives with the pilgrims, teaches them how to uh, survive and farm in, in the harsh New England climate. Um, but so he's kidnapped by these Englishmen in 1614, taken out on the ship, and they sail to Spain and they try to sell. Tisquanto or Tisquantum to uh, some Spaniards and, and enslave him. They're trying to sell him as a slave. Well, some Franciscan monks show up and they say, hey, hey, no, no, no. You can't sell Indians here in Spain as slaves because this goes all the way back to a decree that was made by Pope um, Alexander VI in 1493 uh, on Columbus's uh, return back to Europe he said oh there's this whole new you know place over there and there's all these Indians we're not going to enslave them like we do like we did the Africans and so he forbid uh, the Catholics from doing that and these Franciscan monks were still you know holding that to be the law and so now they're like, well, great. What are we going to do with this guy? So they bring him back to England and he lives in England for five years. And obviously that's where he learns English. Now here's the interesting part. Okay. This is, this will blow your mind. I, I, it was crazy to me when I learned this fact. Okay. Let's go back to Jamestown. Everybody thinks that, you know, 
because of the stupid Disney movie that has no basis in reality whatsoever that John Smith and Pocahontas have this mad love affair. That didn't happen, all right? Pocahontas does end up marrying a guy named John, but his name is John Rolfe. John Rolfe is the guy that ends up bringing tobacco to Virginia. And that's the only thing that economically made the Jamestown colony viable, okay? So he becomes fabulously wealthy. He ends up marrying Pocahontas. They sail back to England and she lived in London for, you know, the rest of her life. She actually dies there in London. But here's the crazy thing. Where Squanto was staying at was on the same street, a couple houses down from where John Rolfe and Pocahontas lived, okay? It's inconceivable to me as a historian to think that these two, you have two Indians from the New World, right? This would be a big deal in London at the time. Uh, it's inconceivable to me that these two main characters from, uh, you know, from American, from the American colonies uh, in our American history, these Indians, that they didn't meet. All right? That's crazy, right? So this guy, he, the Squanto, he learns English. He wants to get back to his homeland. He desperately wants to sail back. He thinks he's never going to see it again. But he, as luck would have it, he's hired as a guide to a ship that's heading for New England. Uh, it's not called New England yet, but, you know, Massachusetts. Um, and, he, and he's going to... Uh, help this guy explore. Well, that's his ticket back home, right? Well, when they get there, two things happen. Um, it's it's interesting that what 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 occurs here is everybody that this guy has ever known. He he was uh, from the uh, a tribe called the Patuxet. Okay, they're all dead. All right. Every last member of his tribe, every last member of his family, everybody he knew, everybody he grew up with, anybody that he, all, everybody, they're all dead. They all died of a smallpox outbreak that happened in 1615, like a year after this guy was, you know, carted off and kidnapped. Uh, so he's just devastated. Um, and so... He's clearly upset, and uh, there's another tribe called the Wampanoag who are there. He arrives on shore. He meets some Wampanoags. He tells them what happened. They tell him, hey, everybody that you knew is dead, bro. Um, and uh, he's very clearly visibly upset, and he's, they're like, well, what are we going to do with these guys? And Squanto's like, Let's kill them. So they massacre this English crew, right? And they're dead. And that's the end of their story. Um, but that's how uh, Squanto learned English and was introduced to Englishmen. All right. So now let's get over to pick up the story where we see we, we normally do. All right. So you have the Puritans. They don't like the king. He's Catholic. They want to leave. They immigrate to the Netherlands for uh, several years. 
but they don't like it there. They don't speak Dutch, even though, you know, they're, they're able to go to the Netherlands because the Netherlands had this crazy new liberal idea called freedom of religion. Um, and so that's why they went there. Um, so they're able to practice their religion. But no one will give them jobs. They're foreigners. The Dutch really don't like the English. Uh, it's a problem. So they decide, all right, we're going to leave and we're going to go to America. And in fact, they were originally supposed to set out for uh, Virginia. Okay. Um, now, when I say Virginia, I'm not talking about like the Commonwealth of Virginia as we see on a political map in the United States in 2022. All right. Virginia is just this general area of the east coast of america okay and where they're specifically aiming for would be modern day new york all right and they called it virginia at the time um they they originally have two ships that they're going to set out on uh they get they get there one of the ships after after they take off and they're heading towards the new world um, this is in like august of 1620 it starts taking on water uh, they have to turn back to Plymouth. They're trying to fix this ship. It's a wash. It's not. Go- it's not really fixable. So, 102 people crowd onto the Mayflower, and they're like, "All right, let's go." And this was, you know, now they're leaving a, a, a month behind. Is crossing the Atlantic Ocean in September is a terrible idea. Don't do it. Okay, <laughs> especially in 1620. Um, there's, you know, it's right in the middle of hurricane season. The weather's, you know frantic and crazy um the mast of the ship actually breaks they're able to macgyver it by using a uh a uh uh, some some tools that they brought along um and they make it to you know north america but they're blown off course during the storm um and they're blown so far off course that when they realize where they are they're like ha this isn't in Virginia. This is a new land that's not really claimed by anybody. Why don't we just claim it for ourselves? And that's where we get this concept, right? And I want to bring this idea because we just take this word for granted. New England. What does that mean? Oh, well, it's an area that, you know, is in the northeast of the United States. You know, we're talking Maine and Connecticut and Rhode Island, Vermont, and, you know, uh, Massachusetts. No, 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 no. This is New England. What are the Puritans escaping? They're escaping a Catholic king who is in charge of the Church of England, which is supposed to be Protestant. Right? It left for the Netherlands. They didn't like it there. They're Englishmen. They want to be English. They want to speak English. They want to raise their children as Englishmen. But they want to make sure that the most important thing in their lives is followed. And that's the way that they see how Christianity is supposed to be. All right? This Puritanism. Okay? So they arrive in this land. And what are they going to call it? We're not, we're still Englishmen. Right? We're not giving up our, our heritage and our culture but we are a new breed of Christian Englishmen. And so what are we going to do? We're going to create a new England where the true Christian religion can flourish. And you'll see this endemically just infecting this culture that they set up, right? So that when you fast forward, uh, you know, a hundred years later, uh, during the Great Awakening, there, it's 
still vibrant in this this idea of this new England, right? When you re- read sermons about, quote, the shining city on the hill, right? They're still holding on to this dream that these, you know, pilgrims brought with them from England to this new England that they're establishing. Um, so they land on December 21st, 1620. They are in the wrong location, but it's okay. They immediately make the Mayflower Compact, right? Which is this uh, social contract amongst themselves uh, that they were going to follow these certain set of rules, right? And that they're establishing this New England, all right? And that's, you can read the Mayflower Compact. It spells it all out. Um, they get on shore. They're like, all right, we're, we're, we need food, all right? Because arriving, I don't know if you know this, arriving in uh, New England in, you know, December, <laughs> late December, is, you know, a horrible plan, right? It's snowy. It's cold. You can't grow anything. Their their food rations are starting to dwindle. It's, it's bad. They end up finding some corn seed that was locked away in basically like a food cellar. They're like, cool. Well, there's nobody here. So we'll just take this. Um, you know, they think that this is this virgin land and to a degree it was because the original inhabitants who, uh, you know, that lived there had all died of smallpox, you know, five years earlier. So, you know, they're like, cool. Well, they claim this territory. They set up a, a shop uh, they start building houses and everything like that. And who should just approach these guys one day, but this guy named Squanto to squat to squat them, right? He's the last survivor of the Patuxent. He's been kidnapped by the English. He, and he greets them and they're just, I mean, their jaw hits the floor, right? He goes, welcome Englishman. What? How does this guy know English? We've already been over that, right? Um, he ends up acting as the interpreter between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag chief, a guy named Masosut, um, and they were are able to help one another out and establish this peace treaty. Um, Tesquantum to, to ends up teaching them, you know, hey, if you plant some fish into this poor soil right here, it'll help give the ground some nutrients. You can grow corn. The Englishmen, they don't know how to grow corn. It's not because they were terrible farmers. Uh, this is 1620. They don't have corn in England. It's the corn's a new world, uh, crop. So they start growing corn. They, they hunt fowl, they fish, they hunt deer, and they're able to eke out an existence at a cost. Out of the original 102 passengers on the Mayflower that came over from England, uh, about half of them die in the first three months uh, in the New World. Um, and so when you fast forward then to like early October of 1621, they made it. They have their houses built. They have planted crops. They have, you know, the fruits of their labor from that first growing season, you know, in the spring and then the summer. And they think, okay, <laughs> I think we're going to make it. Praise God, right? And so they end up having, uh, their, you know, after the harvest, a day. Well, not even a day. It's actually three days of Thanksgiving. Um, and so there was about 53 pilgrims, 
if you will, at the first Thanksgiving and about 90 Wampanoag. They hunted a bunch of fowl. Uh, the Wampanoag brought several deer that they hunted and they sat down and they they feasted. And that's where the real, that that's the story of the real first Thanksgiving, right? Uh, we don't talk about that in kindergarten. Um, you know, the, the, the Puritans, uh, ended up getting gaining the trust of the Wampanoags. Uh, uh, the uh, the Wampanoags used them as allies. They made a non-aggression pact together. Uh, when another uh, Indian tribe tried to attack the Wampanoags, the Puritans went out with their guns and you know kicked their chicklets in and took their candy. <laughs> you know we don't talk about that in uh, in kindergarten class. You know it's all about friendship. No, it, the world was still just as a violent and tough place back in 1621 as it is today. Uh, but these guys were actually able to make peace. And you know, let me speak for a moment about you know, some of the trends, just like Columbus Day is like, oh, it's a national day of mourning. There's a trend going on in the modern woke society that we should treat Thanksgiving like that, you know, as if somehow it was these Puritans' fault that, you know, the Patuxent Indians were wiped out by smallpox. Uh, No, that was just the nature of things. Like, should we get mad at China? Because that's where, you know, COVID came from. It's the same thing, you know, the, the, the Indians that died of smallpox, it's not like people brought that disease over. They're like, we're going to show these guys it. That's just the nature of diseases in the world. Right. So, you know, Thanksgiving shouldn't be a day of mourning. There is an element of truth to the diversity and the peace that, you know, is in the kindergarten version of the story that we do tell. Um, and that should be celebrated. Uh, and there are elements of truth that are good and virtuous in the story that we tell our little kids. And I, I think that we should highlight those facts as well. Um, the peace that the pilgrims were able to establish with the Wampanoag tribe um lasted for years, decades. Uh, the peace lasted until 1662, long after Massasoit uh, had, had he'd reigned for a long time. His son, whose name was Metacomet, he didn't like the Englishman and he's picked a fight and he thought that he could win and um, he, he lost. <laughs> they lost. Uh, by that time, most of the original land that you know, these Indians that had inhabited was popular, uh, by, um, Englishmen that kept immigrating from England over here. Cause now there's, there's land available, which was a huge deal to anybody from English culture. Um, and you, you have by 1686, uh, what the first new England, um, you know, colony Plymouth plantation is now sort of just eaten and gobbled up by what became the Massachusetts Bay colony. Um, and so that is just a little bit of background about the first Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, spend time with your family, spend time with your friends and the people that matter to you. Give thanks to God. You know, we still have a lot to be thankful for here in this country. Um, and 
you know, when you're sitting around the table, talk about important things. I always try to talk. I People tell me you shouldn't do this, but I always talk about the things that are important around my Thanksgiving table. We talk about politics. We talk about faith. We talk about the things that we talk about here on this show, because those are the things that matter. So I hope that you keep uh, my prayer and hope is that you and your family keep the things that matter in mind here as we begin uh, our foray into the 2022 holiday season. Uh, God bless you and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Impolite Company, presented by The Doc Line. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate our podcast and leave a five-star review for us.